I will be reading from Mark verses, or chapter 14, verses 26 to 50. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went out and away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And immediately while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him away under guard. And when he came... He went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him, and they laid hands on him and seized him. But one of those who stood by drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching And you did not seize me, but let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. Last Sunday, we began the Lenten journey, the holiday in Jerusalem, following the last 24 hours of Jesus. We met Jesus and disciples who were celebrating the Passover 
at the upper room. Jesus made the Passover Seder into the Holy Communion. It is the beginning of heavenly feast on earth. Celebrating the freedom, not of Israel, but of the kingdom of God. It is not for my victory, but for God's victory. Typically, traditionally, Passover Seder ends with the singing psalms. They call it Hallel, which means praise. They sang the selected verses from Psalm 113 through 118. So they must sing this. Out of my distress I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I shall not die. But I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. I was pushed hard so that I was falling. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Disciples sang the song, the the psalm, as a ritual. But the word of psalm had been echoed in Jesus' mind because Jesus only knew he will be betrayed and arrested to be crucified. In fact, Jesus lived with Psalm throughout his life. He often withdrew himself from disciple to meditate and pray the Psalm. And Jesus taught and preached from the Psalms. And Jesus finished his life with psalms. Do you have psalm? Do you have song? Praise in your life. When you enjoy, when you're in trouble, when you facing, experiencing despair and sorrow and walking through the darkest hours, do you sing your psalm or just complain? As they were singing psalms, they went to the Mount of Olives by crossing the Kidron Valley, known as the Valley of Jehoshaphat, because the prophet Joel identified the valley as a site of the final judgment, Joel said, Let the nations rouse themselves and come up to the Valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge. Again, Jesus alone knew he will be judged and condemned by the world. But in fact, 
Jesus, in his mind, Jesus, he will be the judge of the world. He will judge the world by his death on the cross. He will destroy the power of sin, the death, by his love on the cross. So Jesus said, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Jesus looked beyond betrayal, denial, and his own death on the cross. He saw, he believed, he saw his resurrection and the restoration of his disciples. He saw the salvation of the world. Which valley are we crossing now? What are we encountering today as a church, as a Methodist church? The season of church? Declining churches? The chaos of this playground of a church, Christianity. But we must see beyond all these, what we see. And we must see the restoration of church through the vision of God. How? How we can see what God sees? We must cross this valley as we sing songs, as we praise and go to the garden to pray, and we will see the manifestation of God for us. Jesus went to the garden called Gethsemane, which means a uh, uh, Olive press with Peter, James, and John, his closest friend among the disciples. It is interesting, John, the disciple who wrote the John's Gospel, he's the only one called this place, Gethsemane, the garden, over and over. And he also claimed Jesus was buried there. And John tells Mary the Magdalene went to the tomb and she thought Jesus was the gardener. Maybe John tried to connect the Garden of Gethsemane with the Garden of Eden in Genesis, where the first Adam disobeyed God and expelled from the garden, the paradise. But Jesus, the last Adam, obeyed to God and restored us back into the garden 
the eternal kingdom. Do you have Gethsemane? Do you have a certain time and place? You be with God. You be connected to God in prayer and praise. Today, the Lord's Day, it is our Sabbath. You are in the garden. You are in this church, but you are in the garden. Because we gather and we pray for one another to be connected with God. And not only ourselves, but our six days, coming six days, Monday through Saturday, we connect them to the eternity, the Sabbath, the eternal Sabbath, the heaven. At the garden, Jesus said, sit here and while I pray. Jesus always wanted to be alone when he prayed. But this time, Jesus wanted to be with his friends. Because he was in overwhelming anguish and fear. Because Jesus was in the flesh and blood, same form who we are. And Jesus even confessed to his his friends, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. So remain here and watch. He asked for help. But it must have been so hard for Jesus because because he has to show his weakness to his disciples. Because he always has been their leader, teacher. Even he claimed himself as son of God. But he asked for help from disciples. And Jesus humbly revealed the likeness of ours, the human nature, which is we are created not to be alone. We are created to be companions for each other by loving one another having empathy. Feel the love and pain of each other. Do you have a friend who would pray for you and will be there for you? When the whole world turns against you, when you are in despair, and sorrow, do you have somebody willing to be with you? We are church. Church is companions who pray and watch for another, one another in this house of prayer. But Jesus, Jesus' friends, kept falling asleep. So Jesus said, Spirit indeed is willing, but but the flesh is weak. If we are not awake, 
if we, and we, so we don't pray, then we don't see God. And we don't see what God sees. And we don't know the heart of God. That's why Jesus prayed all the time. So Jesus prayed and knew the vision of God. And Jesus knew what God wants. So Jesus prayed, Abba Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. So prayer is becoming one with God. Becoming the unity with God. But even we become one with God in this intimate relationship with God, it doesn't mean that we are problem-free in this world. So we must take the cup and drink the challenges and burden of our life because we are sent by God to do God's mission. Love the world. Serve the world. Wash their feet. So we need pray. Without vision of God, we cannot sustain our faith. So prayer is love. Again, love is self-transcending. It's a self-transcendence. Like the Wesley's Covenant prayer we pray every new year. I'm no longer my own, but thine. Permit to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. So unless we pray, we cannot transcend ourselves. Then we don't know God and His will. So when God asks us to do what we don't want to do, we must pray. And when we feel the absence of God, we must pray. When God is speechless, we must pray. We will feel the presence of God and we will listen to His voice. Around the 3 a.m., it was still dark. But the religious authorities the temple system. They came to the garden to rest Jesus. With the crowd, with the swords and clubs, because they fear the uprising of people against them. So they came at the night. And then Judas is carried came and kissed Jesus. 
to let them know who is Jesus. Who is Judas? We know he was one of the disciples who was in charge of money for Jesus' ministry. So why did Judas betray Jesus? Because he was a zealot. They were the terrorist group. Tried to liberate Israel from the Roman Empire by force. So they were also called Sikari. It's a small dagger they carried that to assassinate, to kill, murder any traitor they see, any Roman authorities, they kill them. Murder. That's Judas, Gilot. Judas thought he was doing the right thing for God. But Jesus was not the right one for his goal. Bring his kingdom, Israel, back. To God. Because Jesus wanted to restore the kingdom of God through loving and forgiving others, even the Romans. He couldn't accept that. He couldn't follow Jesus' way. Judas cared for his country, Israel, the space, more than the kingdom of God, the time. Judas loved Jesus, but not his way. Judas kissed Jesus as a friend, But he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave. That's how Judas treated and considered Jesus. Do you love God more than you, more than your country, more than your family? Do we love Jesus' way more than our ways? How do you know the Jesus' way? And how far do we follow Jesus when we cannot see where he leads us? How far willing to go? And would you kiss Jesus as a friend or as a slave? Someone who's supposed to listen to us. We are friends of Jesus. That's why we are here. 
We are friends of Jesus. But we often misunderstand and make mistakes with God, with Jesus. Because God subverted himself to save us from the God to a man, from the creator to a creature, from the master to a slave, from the judge to a sinner. But we cannot treat God for what he became. Jesus is in eternal glory and majesty. Even Jesus was rejected, judged, mocked, tortured, crucified on the cross. And we learn that who is Jesus? One of the least of his brothers. One of the least of his brothers. We cannot treat them because they are rejected, because they are poor, because they are homeless, because they are in addiction. We cannot treat them. And Jesus' way is the way we choose to follow, not our way. So we must come to the garden, garden of prayer like Jesus every day. So we must see the vision of God and we know the heart of God and so we do the will of God. So the world, the people of the world will know who Jesus is through you and me. And who is the true and eternal God through you and me, through this church. Amen.